Blog Talk Radio. Once there was a 
neighborhood street Handlebars Bicycle seats A house full of love A great place to grow Once upon a long time ago If only I could go back again To mom and dad and all of my friends I would feel safe with the people I know From once upon a long time ago I'll never fly off to Neverland I'll never travel in time I can do is the best I can and go there in my mind. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, hide and seek musical chairs, hot summer nights and the cool winter snow from once upon a long time ago I smile as I look back on roads I've crossed traveling down memory lane but without all of those that I loved and lost life not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments That I'll ever know Were once upon A long time ago of that song is this once there was a great silver fleet mail planes silver planes and airplane seats a house full of love a great place to grow old once upon a long time ago if only I could go back again to Eastern Airlines and all of my friends I would feel safe with the people I know once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can and go there in my mind. I would feel safe with people I know once upon a long time ago. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, Eastern Airlines and people who care, 
hot summer nights and the cold winter snow from once upon a long time ago. I smile as I look back at all the roads I crossed traveling down memory lane, but without all those that I've loved and lost, life is just not the same. For all the Eastern good times I can recall, to all I've loved, God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll ever know was Eastern once upon a long time ago. That's the Eastern version of that song, although Jesse Goldberg sings it better than my voicing it. But at any rate, that's what we do on Mondays at 1 p.m. Meet here and go back once upon a long time ago. Let's see, we've got uh, a board full of folks here. I want to start off with up to the very top and the top of Georgia, North Georgia, Bill Kennedy. Bill, how are you? I'm going to turn the microphones as I introduce everyone. Bill, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Well, we had a lot to say, you and I, last week because we were the only two on the show that uh, I thought yeah. I'd cancel, but it was great hearing your story, Bill. I know. I enjoy hearing all the guys' story. We all started out in different different ways of life, but we all had one thing in common. We loved to fly airplanes. Well, that's right. We Absolutely. Did. Yep. Okay, and down a little bit further south from you, Bill, is Jim Holder. Of course, he lives in the Atlanta area, Conyers to be exact, I believe. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? No, I'm partly cloudy. I'm doing good. Ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Take off Party fire we're going around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll be hearing more of you and a great story that uh, you've come up with, so we'll be listening for that in just a minute. Let me uh, say hello to uh, Mike Scott up there, and uh, uh, I guess that's Long Island. Hello, Mike. That's Long Island is here. It's about 80 degrees and partly sunny today. Very nice day, and... Hello, guests and uh, hosts. Okay. Thanks, Mike. And I've got uh, area code 519. Who might that be? Uh, Renee McKinnon. Hello, Renee. I don't, I can't, well, I got two Canadian numbers. I don't know whether it's you or Brenda, but uh, I'm doing fine. How's everybody in Canada? Uh, Great. We're having a civic holiday today, so everybody's off. Everybody's all yeah, lucky day. Well, in the wintertime, there's no one there. They've all gone to Florida. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's for sure. Canada yeah. empties out. Well, I don't know about the the uh, pandemic. I, I think, is the border closed for us going north and for you guys coming south? Uh, the border will be open for Americans coming northbound, but it's still closed for Canadians going southbound, so that'll change by the end of uh, August. Okay. All right. Well, well, uh, they ought to stay away from Florida right now because we we had our highest day the, uh, a couple of days ago, 23,000 folks. I know. And uh, <clears throat> reading the morning paper this morning, the Mayo Clinic has completely filled their, all of their rooms. I guess they have them out in the hallway and ask the permission to um, increase 
temporarily beds space at the hospital. So, uh, and Baptist South is the same way, and St. Vincent's is the same way. Those are the three main one, main ones here in Jacksonville, St. Augustine. So, it's really bad here, really bad here. How yeah, is it? Well, hope it gets better. Yeah. Anybody else want to give a pandemic report or uh, have something they want to say? Don't give me dead air time now. <laughs> I don't have anybody speak at once. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me tell you this, since, since I can relate to the COVID now, because my very next door neighbor, I mean, about uh, 15 feet away, we share a lot of uh, properties next to each other. He came down last week with COVID, and he'd been shot to vaccinated uh, back in March. And um, he's about 79 years old, and he had COVID, and uh, they took him to uh, Baptist South, stayed there two days, came home, and he spent three days at home, and all of a sudden an ambulance showed up day before yesterday here in our, you know, on our street and took him back to the hospital. He oh, had uh, a COVID pneumonia, so it mm-hmm. doesn't sound good. I stay tuned every day uh, to his, uh, with his wife next door and um, get her groceries or whatever she needs because it's uh, they're still not letting people in the hospital here when, um, you know, that happens. I'm sure that's probably the same everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and one other report. Uh, my really good, good, good friend, uh, Wally Beal, who used to work for me, with me, teach with me, real estate and mortgages. Uh, he, he was killed about four years ago with a head-on collision uh, on Interstate 295 around Jacksonville, 4 o'clock in the morning. And you, know, you would think who's on the highway at 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, it just so happened a drunkard. Uh, mm-hmm. and got on the wrong side of the expressway and, and ran into Wally head on, and he lasted three days, and he died. But the sad news is his widow called me yesterday and said that their daughter, uh, in late 40s, early 50s, passed away with COVID after having mm-hmm. it for two, two weeks in the hospital. So, you know, it really hits close to home, this pandemic, and People just don't take it serious. Well, I don't believe I've had a single relative or friend come down with it. I don't know. Uh, uh, of course, I don't get out and have a lot of relatives left or friends, as a matter of fact. I'm 84 now. I yeah. think you're about the same age, Mike. I mean, uh, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, just hope that... Uh, people to get uh, real here and understand that this uh, this is uh, something especially us older folks well even young people now are are being affected with this uh, this pandemic this covid and the strains that that uh, are taking off i guess from the original virus i don't know how that works but um, I, I believe what they say put a mask on get shots and so far i've been 
obeying the rules. So, uh, before I'm going to let um, Jim Holder entertain us here with a, a little little story, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs and to get us uh, jumping in our seats and uh, for the rest of the hour. So, let's listen to uh, a Cajun song. I love Cajun music. Come my kinfolks in the moonlight Louisiana Saturday night Hey, you get down the fiddle And you get down the bow Kick off your shoes and throw them in the floor Dance in the kitchen till the morning light Louisiana Saturday night Atlanta, 
or knows anyone who's even heard of Atlanta. This is about Atlanta. I guess you figured that out. Well, got lost Atlanta, in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, we got lost in them. Atlanta is composed mostly of one-way streets. The only way to get out of downtown Atlanta is to turn around and start over. When you reach Greenville, South Carolina, <laughs> which takes a little while, about an hour, we'll turn around and come back and try again. There is no real rapid transit or mass transit system in Atlanta. There's something called MARTA, which stands for Metro Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. Then it doesn't cover all of Metro Atlanta, and that's neither rapid nor mass. It's more of an afterthought, life chance of getting someplace transit. Carpooling rarely, very rarely happens. Atlanta loves their cars as much as their privacy. They are high occupancy vehicle lanes that had to be converted to toll lanes because there wasn't enough two or more passenger cars to make it worthwhile. And people had been ticketed to listen to this by having blown up toys in the passenger seat and dolls in the car seat just trying to make a faking car fooling. Now, all directions in Atlanta start with go down Peachtree and include the phrase, phrase, when you see the Waffle House, except Cobb County, where all directions begin with, go to the big chicken. And it includes <laughs> GPS directions there, too. Peachtree Street has no beginning and no end, and is not to be confused with Peachtree Circle, Peachtree Place, Peachtree Lane, Peachtree Road, Peachtree Parkway, <laughs> Peachtree Run, Peachtree Terrace, Peachtree Avenue. I'm going to get there from a minute. Be doing a minute. Peachtree Commons, Peachtree Battle, Peachtree Corners, New Peachtree, Old Peachtree, West Peachtree, Peachtree to Dunwoody, Peachtree to Chambly, Peachtree Industrial Boulevard, and there's 30 more plus additional seats that just have the word Peachtree in their names. <laughs> Not up. Atlanta's only know their way to work and the way home, and if you ask anyone for directions, they will always tell send you will go down Peachtree. Now, also, Atlanta is the home of Coca-Cola. Coke's all they drink here, so don't ask for any other soft drink at all unless it's made by Coca-Cola. But if you want something other than Coca-Cola, it's still called Coke. Except Atlanta's never say Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, and Atlanta tie, you drink a cold Coke. And I might get this screwed up in Atlanta. Doesn't it? The gates at Atlanta Hartsville International Airport are about 32 miles from the main concourse. Concourse. I used to be one, so I should be know what a concourse is. So wear <laughs> sneakers and pack a lunch. Listen to this. The 8 a.m. rush hour starts at 6 a.m. and goes to 10.30 a.m. The 5 p.m. rush hour is from 3 p.m. in the afternoon and goes to 7.30 that night. All remaining hours are the lunch rush hour. Friday's rush hour starts Thursday afternoon and lasts through 2 a.m. on Saturday. Red lights and stop signs in Atlanta aren't treated as law. The rules, they're more like suggestions. If the light has been red for a while, you might probably want to stop. But if it's only about to turn red, speed up. You can make it. And a stop sign is treated as a slow down just enough to make sure there's not a cop sign. Only a native can pronounce Ponce Leon, so do not attempt the Spanish pronunciation. People will snip you, tilt their heads to the right and stare if you do. The Atlanta pronunciation is Paul Le Leon. And yes, they have a street named simply Boulevard. One, the falling of one drop of rain causes all drivers to immediately forget all traffic rules. 
If a single snowflake falls, the city is paralyzed for three days, and it's on all the channels of the news flash every 15 minutes for a week. <laughs> for a week. Overnight, all grocery stores will be sold out of milk, bread, bottled water, toilet paper, and beer. Now, let's go talk about 285. That's the loop that encircles Atlanta. It has the posted speed limit all over the place of 55 to 65 miles an hour, but you got to maintain 80 miles an hour just to keep from getting run over, and, and it's known to the truckers as a watermelon 500. Now listen, an old 285 has wonderful directional signs that advertise towns like Augusta, Greenville, Chattanooga, Birmingham, Montgomery, Macon, Depending on which part of the circle of hell you're trying to 285, you're trying to enter. But 285 does not take you to any of those cities. It merely ports you in the general direction, and that might lead you there eventually on some other highways. Hell, 285 won't even take you to Atlanta. Ask Pascal Perez, and you say to yourself, who is Pascal Perez? He was a guy that got traded to Atlanta Braves about 15 years ago. He'd never been here before. And he was scheduled to pitch that night. I mean, he came in the morning, going to pitch that night. He got on 285 and went all the way around three times. And by the time the <laughs> game was over, he was still going around 285. So that's the Pascal Perez. And that's a true story, sports fan. Don't believe the directional markers on Highway I-285 that are marked east and west. But you may be going north or south. The locals identify the direction by referring it as the inner loop and the outer loop. If you travel on 92 north, you will actually be going southeast. Never buy a ladder <laughs> or a mattress in Atlanta. Just go to one of the interstates and you'll soon find one laying in the middle of the road. And the last thing you want to do is to give another driver the finger unless your car is armored, your trigger finger is itchy, and your AR-15 has a full magazine. Now, here's another one you want to really pay attention to. Possums and armadillos are flat animals that sleep in the middle of the road with their feet in there. Don't be surprised if you don't see one or two of those. There are 5,000 types of snakes, and 4,998 of them live in Georgia. There are 10,000 kind of spiders, and all 10,000 live in Georgia. If it grows, it sticks. If it calls, it bites. And if you see a vine, you see somebody notice a vine trapped around it, your leg, you got about 20 seconds to escape before you're completely captured and covered with kudzu. And listen, <laughs> it's not a shopping car. It's a buggy when you go to the store. And fixing into, that's one word, and I'm fixing to go to the store. It can be pronounced fixing tie, and I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced that way. And one last thing, you've got to keep this in mind. Sweet tea is appropriate in Atlanta for all meals, and you start drinking it when you're two years old. And I submit that to the listeners, and I appreciate your attention. Thank you very much. Now, you know, people from the other side of the world which listen to this radio show, I'm sure uh, they uh, find that entertaining and probably will never venture out of the Atlanta Hartsfield Terminal. <laughs> I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> uh, but it's all true, Jim. I've been there. I, I've lived there. I lived through mm, some uh, of that. But yeah. and uh, mm. you know, yeah, be, uh, Mike, go ahead. Be, 
be like reading the clearance back. Say again, everything <laughs> after AC, ATC clears. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my grandson had a wedding up there in Blairsville where you are, Bill uh, Bill Kennedy, and he chose one of those bar, barn themes uh, theme weddings. You know where you choose where you're going to have your venue, the wedding venue, and he chose Blairsville in a barn out in the field with goats and chickens and cows and everything. (laughs) I I can't understand this younger crowd, but at any rate, that turned them on. And so we had the whole family up there. My little brother owns a house up there in Blue Ridge. And, uh, And there were 19 of us stuffed into that house. Uh, during the, uh, the, the three days we were there for the wedding, but it was so funny. My uh, his sister, my granddaughter, was uh, coming up from Orlando where she works in Disney, and she came and um, she kept telling us that well the flight is scheduled to arrive at eight, and then it became nine, and then it became ten, and then eleven, then <laughs> twelve. Mm-hmm. She would update us every hour as to when the arrival time was in Atlanta from Orlando. And then finally, at 1 o'clock, we left the house up in Blue Ridge to come to pick her up. And I said, well, this ought to be a fast trip to Atlanta to pick her up and get her back here. It's going to be early in the morning before we get back, but that's okay. You know, her sister wants to, the sister wants to see the brother married. And so here we go, start going to, to Atlanta. I was so frustrated. My daughter, thank God, was on my right side. She was she was riding shotgun. But she wanted to pull over and let her drive because I have never seen at 2 o'clock in the morning as much traffic. This was 2 a.m., folks, going mm. into Atlanta. And then mm-hmm. I said, well, it, it's got to be quick through town to the airport. Well, it wasn't true. It was bumper to bumper through Atlanta at that time of the morning. It's crazy through that town. It is. I know. It's like being yeah. over the VOR. Yeah. How is it up there in Canada? You got anything like that, Renee? <laughs> he went to pour another drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's five o'clock in Canada. <laughs> five o'clock somewhere, somewhere in the world it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about it, Bill? You is there any traffic up there in the mountains of North Georgia? Uh, no, not very much. Four-legged <laughs> kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. A lot of deer. A lot of deer crossing the roads, so you have to watch out for them. I've never experienced a deer at that sign. <laughs> deer, cross. deer crossing sign, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a deer at the deer crossing sign? Yeah, they got to move them to a less populated place, see? <laughs> It'll all be like more like possum crossing or, or raccoon crossing. <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, like Bill Moore says, we don't have much fun. We have this for time. All right, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little music here. See if you can identify this song. <laughs> 
Now, no fair putting that song up to your smartphone and asking what's the name of it. <laughs> Being from a summer place, Percy Faith. Percy Andy Faith. Williams sang it, That's too. right. Yeah. Who was in the movie? Oh, golly. I can remember uh, the I... male part. Troy Donahue. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. And I forget who the I... female was. I love his television show you know he was on about 10 years on about about the most laid back cool guy you can ever imagine just drifted along just had a fine show love yeah. the tv show yeah well anyhow i was thinking about playing all theme songs uh in in the next few shows and uh that's one of them but uh there's some great music uh, my all-time favorite airplane theme song has got to be High and the Mighty. Mm-hmm. And it won an Academy Award, as a matter of fact, for the song. Uh, any thoughts about yours, uh, any of our hosts? What's your favorite theme music was from a, an airplane-type movie? Snake, oh. uh, but snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I, I tell you that. What was it, Airport? It didn't airplane. have a theme song, did it? Airport and Airplane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, were the, they were comedy shows. Well, I guess you remember, they probably had some kind of music there. Do you remember uh, seeing the airplane flying through the clouds, and it was a prop airplane, or a jet, mm-hmm. a jet airplane <laughs> with prop, prop sounds? Oh, strategic <laughs> right. Air Command yeah. with Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Yeah. One take off and one landing. Yeah. What? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, he said he, that's what he told June Allison, his wife. She said, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm just going to do one take off and one landing. They took yeah, off out, right. of, out, out of yeah. McDill and they flew up off the Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> 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 one take off and one landing. One landing. That was in the B 36, right? Yep, B 36. V thirty six, yeah, yeah. That was forty three sixties on that. Forty three sixties. That was the biggest reciprocating engine built, wasn't it, Mike? And they had jetting. Did they have late models have a jet engines on that on the wing somewhere or something? They had a couple of jet engines, two on each end, uh, each wing. Yeah. Jato. Straight jet, straight jets, and they also well the B forty sevens had the the Jato, the thirty sixties. Oh, yeah. I don't believe they had them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I had the uh, J forty seven engines, two of them on each. Yeah, one. there you go. You you flew those, didn't you, uh, Bill? Uh, no, I worked on the B fifty two, but they had the B thirty sixes up in Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington, before I was. I got there. I got there on the tail end of the operation on the B-52s, and they got the B-52D models up there. That replaced the B-36. But a lot of the guys up there that had retrained on the B-52 were on the B-36, and they used to talk about it a lot in the uh, in the radio room. Of course, I spent yeah. a lot of time on alert duty with the D-Mods, 
because we had them loaded for war up there. And we had to get the airplanes off of the ground in 15 minutes before the Russian missiles would be coming in. Wow. Wow. Well, none of them came in, did they? (laughs) they? (laughs) Uh, Evidently not. (laughs) But I can say we had a few problems up there in the winter on aircraft on alert. Uh, Getting the the air starter valve to open up. And because they was frozen in the winter, they'd get down to 10 below zero on the flight line, and so we'd signal for the line officer, a line uh, guy to, a line sergeant to bring the heater on and we'd put heat on to it, and then we'd hear that engine going, tell the coal pilot to start it up. The coal pilot on a P-52 was a very busy guy. He handled the fuel control. He handled the electrical systems, he put the generators on the line, and he was a very busy man. I bet he even made the coffee, Bill. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that was downstairs. That's where the navigator, uh, the navigator and the bombardier, they had uh, a crew of uh, six on the B-52 D models. The tail gunner sat in the rear back there, and they had the the uh, search radar and the tracking radar, and they were very good, those guns. Yeah. They had hard well, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one better on that uh, uh, air start valve not opening, and you had problems there in Alaska in the wintertime, well, I had problems on a 727 in the summertime in, um, in um, uh, what's the town south of, <laughs> off of Phoenix, Tucson, Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, Tucson. In the yeah. summertime, I had started valve problem opening, too, and you wouldn't believe it. Of course, it wasn't frozen. It just wouldn't move. It wouldn't open to start to get the first engine or the second or third. We tried all of them. And, uh, and, uh, so I, uh, I told the engineer, oh, they were going to call out the mechanics to come out and, and then, uh, you know how you had to put a a screwdriver or something in in a hole or something like that. I forgot all of it, but at any rate, they were going to get this mechanic and Eastern didn't have a mechanic in, in, uh, Tucson. And uh, they were going to either drive one down from Phoenix or whatever or get one from the FBO that worked on Cessnas. And, and that wouldn't be too good. But at any rate, I just said, hey, guys, let's shock the system. And everybody looked at me and they said, what, what do you mean, shock the system? I said, well, that's what we did when, when I was on the 1011. And um, that's what we did. We shocked the system. If there was an electrical problem, we shocked the system, started all over again. And mm-hmm. nobody knew how to start shock the system. How do we do that, Neil? Well, just shut it down. Shut the inch, the APU down. Everything on it right now, just shut it off. And so they did. And, uh, he did. The engineer started it back up. And like most electrical wiring and circuits and 
vows and everything else, they start all over again and in their rightful position, and we started the engines. Well, just like a computer. The only way you shut it down is to hit the start button. That's right, reboot. <laughs> well, we didn't know what reboot meant back in those days. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we call it shock the system. Yeah. 727s were, of course, uh, I know we did a lot of cold weather stuff with our operation, and we had, they, they were notorious for frozen starter valves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember you had to stick a screwdriver. You remember that, Jim? Hold him. Vaguely, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. My yeah. Only, uh, only story I got along these lines is that I came out to fly a trip to <laughs> Uh, I forgot exactly where it was going, to the northeast, New York or someplace, but it made all the stops. And it was a brand spanking new 727-200 with the big engines and all that. I mean, the, all the goodies, you know. And I was so proud of that airplane, and I was telling these people that we just got this airplane yesterday. Flew in from Boeing, and here we're going to take it on this trip. And we're just, oh, man, just beautiful airplane. So we took off, and... And we flew, I forgot where we went, but it's happened at uh, Greer. What was the name of that place? Uh, Greenville, Spartanburg. And we landed there. And, of course, I welcome all the people that got on this brand spanking new Eastern 727. And we shut the doors. We hit the start on number three, and nothing happened. We hit the starter <laughs> again, nothing happened. We did everything we could think of. Nothing happened. Brand spanking new airplane, second day in service. <laughs> nothing but happened. We did everything we could think of and finally we called miami and told them and they said well we'll have some guys from charlotte they'll be over there with a new starter and uh about an hour and a half later they got i think they flew in on a maybe i don't know how they got there but they got there pretty quick and they got out there and put a new starter on there and we cranked it up and it was just great and of course we were late every time the rest of the way we never made it up but here was i bragging about this damn new airplane we couldn't even start the first thing <laughs> You know, oh, trouble, the trouble with those new valves, they're too tight. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess we all flew some new airplanes in our lifetime, and I'm sure, uh, Bill, you did, and Mike, you did, and I did, and Jim did. And I got the first 727 when I got on that airplane, and I got one of the brand-new ones that just came off the line. I think Virgil Tedder probably flew it in from Seattle. I think he was ferrying most of the airplanes, and. Uh, mm -hmm. back and forth from Seattle to Atlanta. And I got on that airplane, and like you say, Jim, it was just absolutely gorgeous, and the smell was just mm -hmm. like showroom mm -hmm. smelling. And I mm -hmm. told the flight attendant, I said, I won't take this and put it in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a beautiful airplane it was. Oh, yeah. Building you know, that started with... Right. I was going to say that started... Okay, Gordon, I'll be quiet. <laughs> well, I, I was fixing to say that 727, 870, and subsequent was a fine airplane. It had the uh, electronic oh, yeah. pressure control, and you didn't yeah. have to swap bleeds at certain altitudes. Yeah. A very good that. airplane. What engines oh, was yeah. on that airplane? Uh, Do you remember? Eight D seventeens. They had seventeens on them. Okay, the thrust was what fourteen thousand. Fourteen five, I think they were. They had the seventeens yeah. and the seventeen ARs. 
Yeah, I think the first like series came out with 13,000. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was talking court. about 13,000 what? Thrust. Pounds of thrust. Oh, thrust. Oh, per yeah. engine. Okay. Yeah. Dash ones, yeah. Yeah, the dash ones, yeah. And when they put, they kept them on the uh, the stretch when they first came out, and that, that, that was the lead sleds, I guess they called it. It was, yeah. yeah. Slug. <laughs> yeah. At APA, we had, uh, at AT, I flew ATF Eastern, we had dash, dash 17s, is that what it was? Dash 17s, and they yeah. were considerably more powerful, and we had an extra fuel tank in the belly. And uh, uh, you could go a long way with a 727 <laughs> back nose, yeah. using those airplanes. Yeah, had all the all no land, everything, all the good yeah. stuff. Seventeen ARs with the APR system on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a great hey, airplane, Bill. I, I think the seven twenty seven was one of the best airplanes that we had with yeah. Eastern, and we're yeah. going into Charlotte. I mean, up to Charlotte one day, and the control tower. Uh, approach control put us in the holding pattern and the co-pilot called back and said, what is your movement? And they said, well, it's so-and-so and so. So evidently, Piedmont more or less owned Charlotte Airport, and so if Piedmont couldn't land, they could nobody land. So we said, hey, we got mammoths, we're Caddy Gully 3. We can land uh, we had auto land on the on the stretch 727s with the little engine. Well, so we went out there and then I had it nailed down. That thing did a pretty good job on auto land. Well, I I didn't know sure that it, it it was did it have category three? It didn't have category three. It didn't have three autopilots, did it? I don't have any autopilots to that, but I know I did an auto land in Denver one night. Uh, beautiful everything except old dumbass me clicked it, clicked it off. I saw the centerline lights was all I saw, and I, the plane was getting ready to flare, and I clicked it off for some dumbass reason, and we hit like a ton of bricks. But we had to get radar vectors to the gate. I mean, to the gate, not on yeah. the runway, to wow. the gate. Yeah, wow. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but that was a fabulous airplane. You're right, Bill. It Everybody. was. Yeah. Well, once upon a, let's see, I got one more song here, and uh, see if you can identify this one here. I like this one. The old country. This is a country western song, barroom song. Put your sweet lips a little closer. Let's pretend that we're together all alone I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low And you can tell your friend there with you He'll have to go Whisper to me, tell me do Love me true, or is he holding you the way I do? So love. 
love is blind Make up your mind I've got to know Should I hang up Or will you tell him He'll have to go You can't say The words I want to hear While you're with another man Do you want me answer yes or no Darling, I will understand Put your sweet lips A little closer to the phone Let's pretend that we're together All alone I'll tell the man To turn the jukebox way down Thank God I never had a situation like that. (laughs) (laughs) I've been with the same gal 65 years. (laughs) There you go. You must have done something right. I must have done something right. Oh, by the way, we're going to go to her. I think I've told this before. We're going to her high school reunion and our college reunion all at the same time, which uh, her high school was only 20 miles from the college we attended and where I met her. And I have called Mars Hill University now and asked if they would give us a special permission to go and eat lunch or dinner or whatever they're serving in the cafeteria where we first met. And I mm. hope, uh, I certainly hope we get the guy I talked to says, well, school's not in session yet. It'll be in session, I think he said, in about two weeks when I call. Mm. And he said, but I've got to get uh, that permission because we have a lot of rules now with the pandemic uh, in place and especially for mm. people coming from outside, you know. So at any rate, uh, we're looking forward to being able to uh, do. And uh, I told her she's going to get on one side of the cafeteria and I won't get on the other one and we're going to see each other. We're going to try to <laughs> reenact, reenact, reenact the whole scene there. But uh, we'll have fun. And their high school is 20, 20 miles away. So uh, that's in September. When is the REPA convention uh, or reunion, Jim Holder? Uh, let me look at the calendar here. This is just by word of mouth. I don't think anything's been put out yet. Uh, oh. October the 12th and 13th. Oh, so it's been moved at, back uh, to October. It was in September. Yeah, yeah well, that's so what Jerry told me the other day. And uh, okay. he ought to know he's on the board. And okay. uh, it'll be the same place, uh, uh, Embassy Suites at Kennesaw, Georgia. All right. Very good. And they're going to have a raffle and try to raise some more money for O.A. Fish, the place up in the, in North Carolina for the summer camp for the teenagers. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, that just about gets us to uh, Merle Haggard time. And uh, enjoyed oh, having you guys on the show. Any any parting comments? Don't forget uh, your fuzzy dice to put in the rearview mirror when you go to the reunion, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that reminds yeah. me. 
We've got a few more minutes. You remember uh, Chuck Talaferro? I think it was Chuck. Yeah. And he used to have the the, the rubber chicken. Mm-hmm. And, and he used to hang it out on 727 window and tell tell the guys that uh, he had a bird strike and uh, put it underneath the wiper blade. You remember that? And he was called in by I don't know Paul Kelly or somebody called him in on a cheap pilot. On that and his rubber mm-hmm. mouse, he had a rubber mouse too that the flight attendants used to not like, like like that because he'd hold it up in his hand with the little mouse's head sticking out and had a spring on the back, and he said, mm-hmm. "Here, this is my pet rat. Uh, rub its head. It loves to it loves for people to rub its head. So flight attendant would rub its little head. He'd open his hand up. <laughs> that rat would jump right, you know where." <laughs> Did everybody do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, Chuck did some oh. strange things in his ape costume. He had an ape costume, and he put it on. The guys working the, building the airport didn't like that. Do you remember they used to direct the airport traffic, the airplane traffic crossing uh, onto a taxiway there, and they'd have a signal man <laughs> stopping the airplane or stopping the cars. And I think mm-hmm. the airplanes had the priority. But um, Chuck would put his ape costume on, sitting in the right side of a of a, a 1011. He was flying co-pilot yeah. on 1011. He did some strange things. He did. He did. All well, came to a halt when he got sick out in Arizona on Phoenix or wherever it was. Yeah, yeah. How, how is he now? Oh, he died a long time ago. Chuck, Chuck did. Chuck Ch- Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, didn't know I went that. to I went to his uh, they had a service for him up there in uh, by the lake somewhere. We and Carrie went up there for that. Well, yeah. he had uh, they called him Candyman during the conventions. I remember he had a bag of yeah. candy giving everybody candy. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He was very he was very childlike. He had brain yeah. damage and had very childlike yeah. and. And all the gals, uh, uh, he'd want to, somebody'd want to dance with the candy man. And they, we had that gal that used to come up from Florida with her husband, and she put on a great show at our uh, uh, second night bank, not the banquet, but the other one. And, yeah. Uh, and she, uh, he, she would always play that for candy man, and uh, and he, his wife would dance with him. Yeah. And uh, no, I guess he's been gone, golly, four or five years. Yeah, well, he was a great guy, super guy. He was. Everybody was, with was. Eastern were pretty, pretty good. They were pretty, pretty good. Every toast for him at five. There you go. <laughs> I'll get my uh, beef eater out and put an olive in the glass and Knob think Creek. about you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks so much. All right. Showing up. Bye bye. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Okay. Hey, hey, leaving. Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind silver wings shining in the sun
Say hello. Okay, I guess not. Hey, guys, see you next week. Okay, stay safe. Have a good week.